0: to spare you the rest of the song. This is WOBC <laughs> Overland 91.5 FM, Overland College and Community Radio. That was Dancing On My Own by Elle Fanning from Teen Spirit, which we're going to be talking about, which is the movie that is showing at the Apollo. By the way, this show is at the Apollo where we talk about the movies that are showing, At the Apollo, at the Apollo, at the Apollo. And today we're comparing it to Pitch Perfect, another movie about, uh, I guess, rising music fame, in a way.
1: Um. (laughs) It's another movie about actresses covering songs by pop artists. Exactly. (laughs) That's actually what it is. Um,
0: I'm sure most of you have seen Pitch Perfect, um, the two... 2012 film, directed by Jason Moore, is an outrageous comedy following the ridiculous drama of the collegiate acapella world. The film focuses on the Barden Bellas, the women's group which recently lost to the top men's team. And they lost their most recent competition because their lead singer, Aubrey Posen, her name doesn't really matter, vomited during her solo performance, Projectile Vomited. Becca Mitchell, played by Anna Kendrick, has been forced by her dad to enroll at Barden University. Instead of going to college, Becca really wishes to become a music producer in Los Angeles. While singing in the shower, Becca is discovered by Chloe, played by Brittany Snow, who insists that she audition to join the Bard and Bellas. Becca reluctantly auditions and joins the Bard and Bellas along with Aubrey, Chloe, Fat Amy, played by Rebel Wilson, and Lily Anakamara, the creepy quiet Asian girl who beatboxes. The Barton Bellas seek to win the regionals and move on to the finals, but there's constant tension between the group as Becca wants to remix and improvise their songs during performances while Aubrey is strict about performing what they have rehearsed. The film received largely positive reviews, applauding Rebel Wilson's performance and Anna Kendrick's infectiously popular rendition of Cups slash When I'm Gone. Although the film follows a lot of formulas and gives us classic comedy tropes and uh a vomit scene the film finds a huge fan base producing two other sequels um i feel like acapella music is among the most hated genres of music ever (laughs) sorry but i found a lot of the music kind of bearable and pretty fun first of all are you an acapella fan and did you like the music in this movie
1: I don't know. I feel like, isn't it kind of a genre of music that people hate to love? Like, I don't understand how you can listen to acapella and be like, I'm actively, like, this is actively discordant to my (laughs) sense of being. (laughs) Not that, but,
0: like, bad acapella is, like, painful on a, like, personal level. You know what I mean? Like, you're like, oof.
1: Yes, I don't think I've ever... You don't and I, I haven't that. listened to enough acapella. I've oh, heard okay. bad acapella. Well, you're a very lucky. <laughs> I feel like any time there's a little pop spike in acapella, um, I don't disenjoy it. Like yeah. when so- there's suddenly a group that's like playing on the airwaves cause and, you know, remixing pop songs or whatever. That happens every once in a while. Yeah. I, I like it. And
0: you like it? Yeah. Did, did you like the music in this movie?
1: Yeah, I think it's pleasant to listen to. Yeah. <laughs>
0: It's funny because I um, watched on a whim on Netflix this series about, like, actual college acapella groups in mm-hmm. competition. Mm-hmm. And, like, they sort of try to make the same drama, and they have the same drama. They're, like, hooking up with people in other groups, and it's really dramatic, but the music is just, like... It's really hard.
1: <laughs> it's I hard. think it's like really when acapella is, do- acapella is done well. Yeah, I think there is something oddly satisfying about yeah. hearing those versions of songs that you know really well. Yeah. Because you kind of rediscover them and rediscover the lyrics mm-hmm. and rediscover certain emotionality. Yeah, But yeah, I don't know how to speak to the idea that uh, like bad acapella. I just haven't.
0: Yeah. Something that they get at which is interesting is they're like, Well, we have to have the dynamics and they have trouble with that because they're like all women's group mm-hmm. for a while. And then like, uh, I guess I just can't do like cute acapella cappella with no like percussive stuff, but Overland does a good job. You like we, your
1: acapella edgy.
0: I like my edgy. I, I'm not like other acapella <laughs> listeners. But Overland does a good job of that. We have great acapella.
1: How how many groups is Overland?
0: I have no clue. Maybe I <laughs> Maybe around four. <laughs> that's a solid guess.
1: As funny as it is, is that there is I think maybe four or five acapella groups in this fictional mm-hmm. university of Pitch Perfect. I don't think that that's actually that odd because I was trying to remember mm. the college I went to. I think had at least three. Oh really? And it was. Sort of like there's the all guy acapella, all girl acapella, yeah.
0: the co ed acapella. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> the co Yeah, yeah. I think also like at Oberlin people default to different genres of music. Like some people stuck with like throwbacks that everyone knew, and I think that's like really fun and safe, like you were saying. And then some people like take sort of the hottest songs and remix them which is also very exciting. I'm a sucker for a mashup. That's mm. what's really true, is if they mash up something, I'm into that.
1: Which is see, So you were primed priority. for the finale of yes, this Yes,
0: I film. love mashups. That's what I'm actually waiting for. Someone's at the door. Do you mind going I'm going I'm to keep talking about Pitch Perfect. <laughs> um, I do like Pitch Perfect. And I also didn't know anything about Anna Kendrick before this, because I didn't see Up in the Air. And I can't remember what her previous role was, But I wasn't really plugged into the Anna Kendrick wave, besides Twilight, until this, and I felt like this was sort of her breakout.
1: The question was, was she in something before this that would have, yeah, gotten her notoriety? I know that she was in, in, uh, yeah, up in the air,
0: and then Twilight.
1: But this sort of felt like her.
0: I think Up in the Air was like a
1: really big uh, moment for her, but this is the the first thing she carried. I think, yeah. Yeah. And she got, I don't, I don't know a lot of people have, that I know that have seen Up in the Air, honestly. It's older. Yeah. And it wasn't, you know, aimed at the same audience yeah. as Pitch Perfect <laughs> <That's very laughs> or Twilight. <true. laughs> yeah. Speaking of, I think this is a
0: super, super fun movie, um, but obviously it doesn't have a lot of depth because it doesn't mean to. Um, were you, like, what do you think it was about this film that made it so successful? And, like, were you endeared by it? Because when it came out, everyone was like, go see it. And even,
1: like, my mom was like, the movie rocks. Um, I think it came, so it came out in oh 12. 12. Ooh. Um, 2012. So it's, like, a few years after Bridesmaids. And I just think that there was this kind of mm-hmm. push for films about women that are about female friendships and are also a little... Um, a little there's like a little bit of gross out and weird comedy mm-hmm. that happens in both of those films um like i was rewatching pitch perfect this morning and there's just a lot of there's both the vomiting which is really funny and unexpected at the opening of this film mm-hmm. and kind of lets you know like oh this isn't just your average like teen cutesy, yeah. cutesy thing like there's going to be some like bodily humor mm-hmm. and then there's also these scenes that play out in really funny, awkward ways yeah. that I don't think is part of the DNA of most teen mm. comedies. Yeah, um, Like, the shower scene is really funny. They it ha- It's really a really funny. long scene, and it's a lot of them looking at each other. Yeah. And I think I also was, like,
0: ready to roll my eyes at it. And then, like, they obviously, like, are, they're self-aware that it's, like, silly and so they're in the shower and they just like lean into how funny it is and it's just like kind of absurd and the whole thing is like so orchestrated in the best way like Aubrey's character who's the projectile one is like so like intense and like unlike a human I've ever met but I love that and
1: Anna Camp is I love her performance in this and I've actually loved her in other things she almost I don't think she's ever done a lead but Mm. she is a great like comedic actress I think yeah,
0: and there's a lot of um, there's a lot of range in the characters, which I really enjoyed, and I think there's a lot of similarities of what they were trying to do and what Bridesmaids did. Uh yeah, Bridesmaids definitely set a standard, and people really want to jump on that because it was so successful. It was so good. But you mentioned something about like female friendship. I. Like, have trouble sort of gleaning what the central takeaway is. Like, is it teamwork? Is it some sort of like, is it something like that? Is it like female friendships? Is it like female empowerment? Like, what do you glean from this film as being the takeaway?
1: I mean, it's kind of everything that uh, a post feminist would want in their film, right? Like, it's just gesturing at all of these kinds of, um, ideas about diversity and inclusivity and body positivity it does it's not it's not performing any of those very well Mm -hmm. but it is performing them in a mainstream film Mm -hmm. and so i think it spoke to i'm assuming like teenage girls are the big demographic like not actually i think college girls liked it too but i think that probably the perfect audience was for like 16 17 year old girls totally who were like oh there's like diversity in this cappella group, and they have to learn to get along and, and learn what everybody's good at. And, like, mm-hmm. sometimes girls are bigger than other girls, and sometimes girls like other girls. And, yeah. and, and in the meantime, it's still just a very straightforward romantic comedy at a certain level, mm-hmm. but... It at least speaks to yeah some better higher values yeah <laughs> but and you know it's not not problematic it gets the
0: job done definitely and like it's something that I would watch again and that's something I'm curious about is like I I don't have a big problem with uh, a lot of the characterizations but there's like some moments where I have pause about um. Fat Amy's character and it's so hard because like Rebel Wilson is like great in every single moment Mm. and I like I don't want to question the way that she's performing like some of it's like really centered around like she can't do the exercises she's like falling over stuff she's breaking stuff Mm. and they introduce her and she introduces herself as Fat Amy because everyone's saying it behind her back Mm -hmm. like I don't I, I am not like, this is terrible, I have a huge problem with it, but what do we think about that, like you were saying, in terms of representation and diversity?
1: I mean, again, it doesn't, it, like, is trying to gesture at some things that are still being worked out now, I think, in pop culture with shows like Shrill and just the idea of what, like, what do we want to say about women's bodies that it, it hasn't been said before and hasn't, isn't totally objectifying, but also lets women reappropriate words if that's what makes them feel empowered. Um but yeah, I mean, they basically, they have a hard time then writing her character to be anything more than that. Because yeah. then every single set piece has to fall back onto the idea that she's called herself Fat Amy and has made an identity for herself around that.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, I thought it was interesting because um, it, they said that the casting director had seen her performance in Bridesmaids. That was such a brief performance. She's the sister of the roommate. She's one of the roommates,
1: oh that's right i completely forgot she so, was in that film
0: and she's like pouring the peas <laughs> on her back super weird in that <laughs> movie so weird yeah and to me i feel like that's a movie that like confronts a like fat character in a very humanizing way is like um we have like wh- what is melissa mccarthy's character named
1: in bridesmaids yeah uh um, god i love her Yeah, it's an amazing performance.
0: I don't remember her name, but she's the best. And I think, like, originally we start out as her being this, like, comic relief as, like, someone falling on stuff. Mm -hmm. And then, like, at the end of the film, she's, like, a very wise, just, like, cool, funny person. Mm -hmm. And I don't think we ever really arrive at that with Fat Amy, which I think is interesting that um, they, like, picked her from Bridesmaids in a way.
1: Yeah, I mean this film. If you want to do like a, a kind of a, a really critical look at this film, mm-hmm. it's everything that makes people feel good about it because it gestures towards all of these vaguely um, progressive ideas. Is everything that is actually really dangerous about this kind of pop culture because it just makes everybody feel like, oh, I guess everybody's equal and I guess everybody mm-hmm. um, can have a voice, yeah. you know, literally through song. And um, <laughs> and yet that's obviously not not how things play out uh, across college campuses Mm -hmm. or society at large. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I mean, when I said post-feminist, I meant that in in earnestness, like it's everything that is problematic about these kinds of politics. Um, But it's also why it's so easy to enjoy. Yeah,
0: totally. It's very digestible. And I don't think that like they don't do anything that like, toes the line and i would be like this movie's blacklisted like <laughs> <laughs> like people do with other movies and then another thing that um roger ebert actually talked about in he reviewed pitch perfect <laughs> give it two stars um was, two
1: stars i would because
0: i was like i was looking through the review for like some sort of um reason and i couldn't find anything besides like he basically said that, said that all the characters are so shallow, and the most endearing person is Fat Amy, and the reason that we remember her name is because it's Fat Amy. And I was like, okay. And then he like talks about Lily, who's like this like creepy, super like voiceless Asian girl, mm-hmm. and it's like I was like, that's so sad because like yeah, I was thinking about it, but that's like it's his review is dominated by that critique.
1: And it's also not necessarily... It is interesting when... uh, Probably, like, five years ago now, shortly after this film came out, I had a student do a paper on it and was really critical about the way that women of color were portrayed in the film. Like, very much voiceless or just not present. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, Just kind of in the classical Hollywood mold. Like, you have this, like, white girl who has to meet a nice white boy and then they fall in love. And everybody else is secondary to that story, including all of the characters of color. And... um, it's I agree with that like mm-hmm. there's it's hard to like even <laughs> argue against that I think the film maybe wants to make a self-reflexive comment about yeah. Asian women characters having mm-hmm. no voice or being understood as I'm yeah. um, soft-spoken and yeah. so they've taken that to a ridiculous extreme, extreme to yeah. point out how bonkers that is and yet in doing that you can't hear her speak from yeah. the film so i don't know yeah.
0: so i i'm curious about specifically the like the crudeness and the grossness and like obviously like the vomit cuz there's like a first vomit scene and then there's the vomit like big vomit scene which mm-hmm. is like really similar in tone to in tone t- in mood <laughs> to the bridesmaids like chat vomit scene mm-hmm. <laughs> how like how did that make you feel did, were you like how hey, this is awesome or were you like this is too much
1: i mean i'm not a fan of super gross yeah. comedy but i thought it worked um in this in this film, and in Bridesmaids. I mean, I, I, my understanding with something like Bridesmaids is that it's, like, the part that Apatow put into the film to try and make it punchier yeah. with a broader audience. And, you know, it seemed to have worked. Uh, and this, it also seems to, to work. I don't know who... Um, uh, I don't know if that was just always in there, if that sprung from... Is it Kay Cannon, I think, is the writer of this film? If she had this all in there, or if this was something that... Also, was then workshopped later mm-hmm. to be like, "Ooh, let's make it a little grosser, just so that um, more people will watch it."
0: Yeah, because they can't really appeal to like edgy, like sex things, like in Bridesmaids, because it's largely geared towards like teen and preteen audiences. I felt it's like true. Yeah. Did you feel like the characters were really flat, though? I don't know. I, I didn't really think about that because, like, sorry, I'm just harping on Roger. Sorry, rest in peace. But it's like, I I, I was like, I understand this film as, like, they're supposed to be super flat. <laughs> like, right? Like, because that's sort of the point of an Like, a, a rom-com about an acapella group sort of seems like you would have to have tropes.
1: Yeah, I I mean, Roger Ebert makes some questionable decisions throughout (laughs) his career. He gave Field of Dreams four stars out of four, so I don't think we have to take his word as As the gospel. I I think, uh, yeah, I didn't, I wasn't worried about the flatness of characters whatsoever. Um, It kind of makes the comedy work in a lot of ways. I mean, you get the kind of ongoing Elizabeth Banks um, commentary, which is really funny. Uh, and But also, like, not a character, yeah. right? Like, it's just... You have lots of characters like that throughout. Or quote-unquote characters throughout the film that just get little bits yeah. here and there. Is this, like, a movie that you have retur-
0: would return to on your own? Like, is this the first time you've watched it since you first saw it?
1: I think that that is true. Yeah. I have a feeling that my sister, who's younger than me, has probably watched it many times.
0: Yeah. I, like, know people who have, like... Gotten together with people and like done the sing along. There's like a sing along
1: version. I almost accidentally purchased the sing along <laughs> version when I was trying to rewatch it this week. That would be kind of awesome. I was like no 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 no. That's no. funny. <laughs> that's cool that they have that. I think that's sweet. No, I think it's yeah. awesome. Yeah. yeah. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I don't know. I think I I uh, am harsh on. I mean, we go to Overland, so um, have to be harsh on these kind of films. But it's just so fun to have like a silly rom com, and I think this one does it really well. Also, because like Bridesmaids does a lot more work to like shed like her character as a very complex person with a lot of like self-esteem issues and she's working through a lot of things with herself but that's just (laughs) like they just want to win and I love that that that's the driving action
1: well Anna the one thing that seemed funny about this um, is the Anna Kendrick character herself Mm -hmm. like she comes to college (laughs) I think that if this had come out when I was in college I would have hated this movie because the whole premise of her character is awful That she goes to college, she has a free ride to college, this great school. She doesn't want to be there because she wants to, quote unquote, pay her dues in the music industry. And, and, like,
0: mixed music.
1: Yeah. And mixed music. And I don't think that that music <laughs> is particularly good. No. Um, so this, and has a totally supportive father who's both allowing her to have this free education. And will also allow her to go to support her in L.A. if that's what yeah. she wants to do after one year in college. So I just wanted to kind of, like, smack her a little bit because Definitely. I found her um yeah i think it was easier being older and watching it and being like okay whatever but if i had been an actual college student i think i would have been pretty resentful of her entitlement
0: (laughs) that was me in high school i was like this chill girl like you know she she (laughs) literally was just rolling her eyes at everything and making really bad music yeah (laughs) yeah it's hard i think it's funny it's a big contrast though because britney snow's character is so like chipper all the time and i love that uh rebel wilson's just awesome I have actually seen her in that much stuff. I want to see that one. Um about her wedding. I don't remember what that's called, but Anywho, we should talk about Teen Spirit because <laughs> <laughs> Teen Spirit is just such a different story. I have no idea what it was trying to do. Different but the same. <laughs> different but the same. But the aesthetics are confusing. Anyways, um, this is WOBC Overland 91.5 FM, Overland College and Community Radio. I'm going to find you a PSA. Oh, but here's something that you should know about. Um... Friday and Saturday are uh, Senior Dance Performances at 7.30 in Warner and in Mud. You should get your tickets. You can get them online. There's also a Facebook event, the Senior Dance Performances in Warner and Mud. They will be very awesome. I'm going to give you another event if this loads. There's also Drag Ball on Friday, if you didn't know that already. Um, I think there's still a very limited amount of tickets. I don't know when they're still selling them um also saturday night is jungle pussy that's a part of pretty fest and if you don't have a wristband i think they're still selling them and they'll sell them um at the door as well um we always talk about the music school electronic music composition (laughs) class oh my gosh the wobc block party is sunday april 28th (gasps) that's this sunday (laughs) (laughs) 1 p.m. through 4 p.m. in Park Street Park, which I don't know, if you don't know, it's like um, to the left past Kim's and Slow Train and the Corner Joint and all that. And it's amazing. My freshman year when I went, it was like the best day ever. It's super sunny. They have like donuts hanging off of the trees, cotton candy, live bands, games, all sorts of fun stuff. It's really cool. Tell your friends. All right. Thanks. Thanks. (laughs)
1: <laughs> Great. <laughs> you really took us on an emotional journey I through know. I know. It's very important be- that people know what's up. There were wells, There was bouts of was excitement. Like, oh. Well, because <laughs> new discoveries. Is a,
0: a marathon weekend for the Oberlin students. It's going to be awesome. And senior night is Thursday night. <laughs> and tonight is uh, Pretty Fest and Drag Ball Splitchers. So.
1: And Paris is burning. And
0: Paris is burning.
1: Tonight at 7, right? At the Apollo, yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, let's talk about Teen Spirit. I'm so excited. (laughs) Teen Spirit stars Elle Fanning as Violet Walensky, a quiet teenager living in a small town on England's Isle of Wight. She lives with her mother, a Polish immigrant to the UK who struggles to make ends meet on the meager income generated by their small picturesque farm. Violet dutifully attends school and works odd jobs in the service industry to help supplement the farm's revenue. But unbeknownst to her mother, Violet also dreams of a career in music and occasionally sings on stage at the local pub. After one of her performances, Violet meets Vlad, a fellow outcast from Eastern Europe who was once a great opera singer and sees real potential in Violet. The two scheme to enter Violet into a British singing competition called teen spirit, and despite her purported lack of stage presence, she far exceeds everyone's expectations, even her own. The description of this film doesn't really do it justice, simply because the film's tone, which is dark, 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 doesn't match the tidiness of the narrative. I went in knowing absolutely nothing about this film, and so I kept expecting something truly awful to happen. Instead, with a few necessary life lessons learned, everything turns out just fine for Violet and Vlad. Uh, Michelle, what were your expectations going into this film, and then what was your experience actually watching it?
0: Well, uh, so I think that the way that it was ad, because I'd seen like one or two ads like forced upon me on Facebook or Instagram or something. And the aesthetics of it are very much like neon, like contrasty colors, like edgy. And I thought it was going to be one of those movies. I'm trying to like, like a teen PG-13 version of Drive. With starring Elle Fanning, you know what I mean? Like, there's like, <laughs> it's that's like what the aesthetics murders and yeah, because that's what the aesthetics yeah. are sort of asking for. And then there's uh, there was another movie recently with Emma Roberts and someone else that was about like some game, and they were playing this dangerous, d- dangerous, edgy game, and it like had the exact same aesthetics of like. I just think that the way that they advertise it just looks like a film where something bad, like you said, it's something darker or more exciting is going to happen, but it never happens.
1: Well, even when I was watching it, it was just everything about the tone uh, and the the just line deliveries, everything feels very ominous and threatening. And so I thought, well, even though this is about her wanting to sing, like, clearly there's going to be, like, a sexual assault or, like, yeah, we're going to find out where the bodies are buried. I don't know. I was... (laughs) Because <laughs> there's
0: the, the moment when she, the night that she meets Vlad, she is standing at the bus stop waiting and she like sees this group of guys who are being rowdy and, and she's like kind of scared by them. But then she gets in the car with this older guy who she doesn't know she met at a bar and the situation, it feels so ominous also because nothing is fully lit the whole time. Mm-hmm. Even when they're pretending to have a TV interview, it's like natural lighting. Mm-hmm. um, And everything just felt like she was being followed the whole time.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Anyways.
1: Well, Elle Fanning had to convince audiences that not only was she a talented singer, but also a Polish Brit who speaks English with a, Pol- uh, with a posh accent and fluent Polish at home. Did she convince you in, in any or all of these roles? I...
0: She was okay at singing. She was fine. She wouldn't she wouldn't get as far as she got in the competition. Um her British <laughs> accent was fine. And the, I think the thing that stuck out to me the most and the thing that I've said to people when they asked me how the movie was, is that like she's supposed to be this uh, child of a Polish immigrant in a low income family, like struggling to work on the farm. But she's in like this beautiful pale pink sweater and three like gold hoop earrings in each ear and she like looks like she's come out of like a glamour like normcore magazine shoot and i think that's what gave me pause is they like really didn't dress her or also like her personality is hinged on the fact that like she doesn't have a personality i don't know it made me it made it difficult for me to like care about those facets of her her life i really loved her mom Mm -hmm. and i think that like her situation could be interesting um i just think that her performance in other areas wasn't that and that her costuming wasn't that awesome
1: were you i did not know that this was going to take I mean, it's all Fanning. Mm-hmm. So I had no idea this was going to take place, one, in the UK, or two, that she was going to be Polish. I didn't either. <laughs> right? I mean, okay, all of those though. reveals were like, yeah. what's happening? And like, why? And yeah. why? Like, yeah. why, why Why make a movie? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I get the idea that that she's the kind of star power there's not really any other known quantities for the most part in Mm -hmm. this film so she has to get audiences to the theaters Mm -hmm. but uh, yeah i mean it was written and directed by a by a brit so i guess that's why it's in britain but it just it felt like so many layers of complex identity for a movie about a singing competition yeah
0: and that's why that's why i think also those elements are like wasted because i think it like gives us the feeling that they're going these elements of her identity are going to build into some like giant climax of like identity and self and like there's gonna be this big revelation but then it's like as tidy as pitch perfect in its plot
1: yeah it's really surprising how everything gets wrapped up, given that we have, you know, people far from the homeland, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> estranged <laughs> fathers and daughters, past infidelities. Yeah. Um, there's a lot happening that that could have potentially led to a lot more drama. Yeah. And then the drama all essentially remains in the realm of like teen angst and missteps, but That's everything's fairly gentle. Yeah. For the most part. Yeah. Um, so the soundtrack of Teen Spirit is filled with poppy music by Robin, Ellie Goulding, Ariana Grande, Katy Perry, Tegan and Sarah, Annie Lennox, Carly Rae Jepsen, many others. Was this the right soundtrack for this film? And do you think it speaks to today's teens? No. Is this a movie for today's teens? I don't know who it's
0: for, <laughs> and that makes me kind of sad, because I was like, I I don't dislike these songs like Mm -hmm. of like the pop songs like these are fun songs Um, but I think there was there was a little bit of a lag like these are a little past due like also Katy Perry like E.T. is a long time ago Mm -hmm. and also has been like played a lot and for that that was like a pump up like montage scene song and it just it just didn't quite feel right at some points and I think that the again the aesthetics of the film a lot of like chunky montages of her like in the farm field like touching her horse like washing dishes in this like really cool looking restaurant and like you would think that she would have different taste. I don't know like the movie doesn't look like it would have that taste in music so I, I again there, it feels like there's a clash and then like also when she's competing in like the first stages of the competition um, the person I can't... I don't... It doesn't matter. I'm, I'm not going to spoil anything. Mm-hmm. The person that she's competing against is very, like, poppy. Mm-hmm. And I think one of her things, like Anna Kendrick, is that she's not like other girls. Mm-hmm. And that she, like, has her own connection to music. But her... Connect- her The music that she loves is, like, very mainstream. And, like, just as shallow as the person that she, like, is rolling her eyes at.
1: Yeah, I mean, I feel like the same thing happens in Pitch Perfect. That... um even the song that they sing in the shower in Pitch Perfect, which is supposed yeah. to be Anna Kendrick's alt song, is like, <laughs> it's a very poppy song. it's yeah, a
0: great song, but it doesn't uh, seem like she would be into it.
1: Right. Yeah. After she's made this big fuss about what good music is. Yeah. So it does seem like, in, the thing that's so similar about both of these films is you have these lead characters who are just so different and can't fit in and nobody understands them. But really, the whole issue is just that they have multiple earrings in their ears. <laughs> Yeah, and she's that's got why six poops. No one can relate to them, and they can't relate to anybody else. It's true,
0: and there's and every and all everyone wants them.
1: Everybody wants them.
0: Everybody wants them. I felt like that was her vibe, definitely.
1: Yeah, they both they're both set up where they have these kind of boys that are around that are interested in them, but ultimately just like incredibly supportive of their music career. <laughs> Yeah, because they're so beautiful and different. (laughs) They have all those earrings. I know. (laughs) So you mentioned a little bit about these um, pop songs playing over images of her in fields and on horses and waitressing. Um, The whole film pretty much felt like you were living in an Instagram account. Um, And I wondered, is this lazy directing or is it a fair aesthetic for depicting the inner life of a contemporary teenage lady?
0: It's it's not. I don't I it it sort of felt like in certain moments that they were trying to make a different movie. And again, that kind of makes me sad. It's like why did you pick this thread if you weren't going to lean into it? You know, like the aesthetics of a of a singing competition are not cool in any in any sense. And like I guess, like, the moments with Vlad, like, when they're in his office, they're listening to opera, it's very intimate, it's very interesting, that dynamic is very strange, and, like, that's when those aesthetics worked for me. Mm. And then when she's having conversations with her mom, where she's, like, remembering that her mom was, like, had hooked up with another guy, and she had seen it when she was a child, I was like, this feels appropriate, that there's, like, dark lighting, and it's all very montagey and emotional, but everything else just felt weird and it also like especially in terms of representing like teen angst it just felt like it was taking it seriously in a a pretty instagram like tumblr way it's i it makes me sad like, because i think that there there was sort of potential in some areas because i thought some of it i thought was pretty and enjoy, enjoyable the way it looked
1: I yeah know. i mean it was it was very pretty. It was really pretty. <laughs> Does that make you angry? It makes me really sad because oh. the
0: story was so bad. <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, one of the things that was my takeaway is that she... I, I don't know if this just has to do with how she was written or how Elle Fanning is performing her, but there is a... We know... Almost nothing about her. Mm-hmm. Like, there's a moment where a music executive is like telling her what she wants, and she's like, You don't know what I want. And it really occurred to me, and this is like three fourths of the way through the film, maybe even more. Like, I don't know what you want. We're supposed to believe that she wants to sing, but there's absolutely, like, as much as the premise is, Yeah, she wants to sing. She sings at the pub sometimes when her mom doesn't know. She doesn't seem to have any real, um, drive or like (laughs) she's not even singing in the shower you know like she's not she's just sort of listening to her ipod all the time
0: well and there's like there's some sort of implication that when she loses herself in the music it's like very cathartic for her Mm -hmm. but then like what she is trying to escape is like tropey like she's trying to escape the fact that her father has left and like we don't really get a big sense of how that has impacted her life and then like when she's having these alone dancing moments it's like hyper aesthetic and also like hyper sexualized in a way like we're like looking at her as this like Mm -hmm. as like Elle Fanning yeah like dancing in a room I don't know I I couldn't get a sense of her motivation either and also like at the end of the movie the credits roll and i thought a totally opposite thing had happened than had happened after the credits continued rolling
1: (laughs) like i had no idea it's very abrupt and thank goodness that they give you more footage during the credits because i was also like wait i thought i mean i wasn't like i didn't think an opposite thing had happened but i i was it was definitely so fast that i couldn't keep up for a second
0: when I was like I don't care, I literally walked out. With, <laughs> when I'm like I don't I don't understand what they were trying to say. In ter- in re like fame, ego, etc.
1: How did you feel about Vlad? Was he a character that you enjoyed? Felt empathetic towards?
0: I re- I like I understood what they were trying to do and I think that like their relationship like felt special and I like um I didn't really care about him. i. I enjoyed his performance, but I think that he lacked a lot of depth as well. Especially, like, his main thing is that he, like, is a retired musician and, like, misses his a daughter that he's estranged from for mystery reasons.
1: Well, well yeah, I guess you could read it a couple ways, but it's probably the drinking. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think we have to work too hard at that one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: So he's he's kind of a mess. I thought he was sweet and I liked their relationship. Yeah.
1: He the funny I get a kick out of movies when they um when a character will say the motivating reasons behind their actual character. Like, where the script just comes through in a line of dialogue. So when you said, like, yeah, I understood his deal more, it's because at one point he says out loud to Elle Fanning, you're my second chance. So yeah. you're like, oh, okay, so you... oh, that's a We're not gonna chance. let that be, like, the sub-theme. <laughs> yeah. This is just yeah, out there, out loud.
0: Yeah. Well, and I guess also that created a little bit of distance for me with, like, Elle Fanning's is because, like, they're sitting there listening to this opera. And, like, not that someone can't like opera and pop at the same time, but I was like, this feels like a different reverence for music than Al Fanning has, which is, like, she loves the rush of music and, like, but can't quite embody that in her performance. And then Vlad is, like, technique and, like, music as an art form. You know, it, like, doesn't, it doesn't, and also, like, him as a mentor never really clicked for me i don't know him coaching her i didn't really (laughs) get anything out of that well he
1: taught her i mean he taught her how to sing yeah he taught her how to breathe i mean singing's all about breathing yeah it's true (laughs) um so this is writer director max mingela's first film previously an actor um last Last year, last semester, we reviewed Eighth Grade, which was the first film by writer-director Bo Burnham. Mm. Um, So I was thinking a little bit about how this compared to something like Eighth Grade, and just also a little little bit of musing over why these young men would be using their directorial debuts to explore the inner lives of teen women. Mm. You have thoughts about that?
0: My initial response is that, like, Young, the vulnerability and emotional, like, moodiness of young women is, like, more easily digestible and, like, easier to, like, portray without being... I think, like, masculinity is very painful, would be very painful for a young, like, director to manifest genuinely and well without it being, like, messy, complicated raw hard and maybe not successful but like i think that it's like a young woman's very sympathetic and it's not easier to make a film about but easier to have distance from if you're a guy making a film about wanting to hook up with a guy who has a girlfriend (laughs) like that's one of her pain points is like her dad's gone but also like she's in love with this guy who's like dating someone and like
1: well i don't know if she's in love with them
0: she has a, a a big crush on him. Yeah. I don't know.
1: I, it's not really explored. I mean, I guess I felt like it just felt like one of those, uh, it, it all kind of was for one scene. Yeah. Not that she was, like, s- harboring for any length of time feelings towards him. Yeah, She got a little bit of attention and then made some bad choices and then everybody moved on.
0: Well, that's the thing is I think with eighth grade, we get a lot more access to, oh, what's her
1: name? Oh, wait, were you talking about 8th grade? Or were no, you I was teen talking street?
0: about teens Oh, okay. But in 8th but in grade, we get so much more access to her feelings, and it's, like, so genuine. And then in this one, it just feels to fit in more to, like, what we would expect, like, a, from a teen movie. And 8th grade, I think, like, subverts a lot of, like, norms about the way that we see young people. I don't know why he picked a... Well,
1: role. in 8th grade is so... It spends so much time looking at... What it really feels like to be isolated as a teenager, how difficult it can be to navigate the world when you don't have a f- group of friends, yeah. and aren't you know can't go to the parties and can't fit in with other people. And Teen Spirit plays at that idea, like, "Ooh, she's such a loner," but she's at all the parties. <laughs> she's at the lunch table with all the girls. Like, there's actually yeah. no. She's not actually isolated.
0: And this guy's like, Who are you? <laughs> She's like, I go to your school and he's like, What? Yeah. yeah. Well, why do you think that they pick young women stories?
1: I don't know. I mean, I it's not it's not that common to have women at the center of films. So it is an interesting choice. Yeah. Um, I do think maybe they just wanted, yeah, wanted distance. Um from the kind of emotional arcs that they might have to explore. I don't, yeah. I also, like, what do young boys want? Do they want friends? Do they want to become singers? Probably. (laughs) 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 Are there films like that? Billy Elliot. Yeah, but he's (laughs) really little, right?
0: uh, I love them. Not really. I'm trying to think. I think they're more campy eighth grade is just so heartbreaking
1: eighth grade is really heartbreaking
0: <sighs> but yeah i mean obviously bo burnham not obviously but like he puts put a lot of himself into that character in that like he felt like an outcast who got like refuge in the internet and in vlogging mm-hmm. and then like creating content um And that felt like a very very specific scenario in which you, like, come to age in a way that, like, is very new. And also, like, I still have questions about, like, how that works, obviously, because technology. But I think with Teen Spirit, there, like, wasn't a new element to any of this.
1: Yeah, I mean, whereas Eighth Grade is a very carefully observed film about what it really would feel like to come of age. um, Through the internet, in a contemporary middle school... Um, Teen Spirit is sort of the opposite of that. There's no careful observations, really. It's just, Mm -hmm. here's a girl who's in a singing competition who may or may not win. Yeah. And that may or may not feel good. (laughs) (laughs)
0: And I also think that they're... They were trying to make drama out of the record deal. Like, Like, she was, like, at a crossroads if she was gonna, like, leave behind Vlad as her manager or, like, sign this record deal. And I, like... Completely didn't understand like her feelings about it at all. Like, she like flip flop flip flops a bunch, and I, by the end of it, I just didn't care. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, like, did when, so like, spoiler not really. Like, she and Vlad almost have a, a breakup, like mm-hmm. a mentor mentee breakup. Mm-hmm. Were you like caught up in that?
1: Yeah, I mean, I was worried about Vlad. Yeah. I think that Vlad is. In the I was very <laughs> it was hard for me to watch this because I kept thinking something awful was gonna happen because of the tone of the film. Yeah. And I thought, Oh, that'll probably be related to Vlad. Like yeah. he's gonna do something violent or like
0: I definitely thought
1: do reprehensible violent. in a way that's like not gonna be redeemable for him as a character and for me to stand by his other kind of endearing personality traits Mm -hmm. Um, in the end he doesn't really do anything that's transgressive and so instead I had to rethink the whole movie where he's probably the strongest part of the film Mm -hmm. because he um, when they have their falling out um, he, he he has a bender that we don't really see but I was definitely worried about him during that period like what if he just totally disappears what if he dies like what you know Yeah. Um, So, yeah, I think I was emotionally invested through Vlad, but not through her. She doesn't really, again, she doesn't, I don't know, I don't know what she wanted at any point. I don't even know if she got what she wanted at any point. I don't either,
0: because she also, like, doesn't really, (laughs) like, have a lot of expressions throughout the movie, like, when like even when she's on stage and like we're to understand that she has found her like mojo and that she is like in it and she's doing it and she's doing amazing mm-hmm. she wasn't really doing <laughs> that amazing when she was like i think the the thing that was put on stage that she does in her room is this like uninhibited dancing that i guess the film was asserting is more genuine, more interesting, and more raw than like a choreographed like poppy dance mm-hmm. but that i for, for me that it didn't really come through. I like understood what it was, but I was watching her, and I was like, Ugh. <laughs> she was just thrashing around, yeah, interesting What did you think about that? because she like they like make a big build up moment to her, like bopping around while she's singing.
1: I, they, they have the way they have to film that last scene. <laughs> so, I mean, both, let's say Pitch Perfect and Teen Spirit end with these performances mm-hmm. where you, the film audience has to understand unequivocally, this is the best performance anyone has ever seen right like it has to <laughs> translate to you so that you can get really excited yeah and pitch perfect works really hard to earn that moment by having an opening scene with a performance that falls flat mm-hmm. um, by playing the breakfast club halfway through the film so that you get excited about the fact that they're reappropriating mm-hmm. that song that highlights the different singers who have all had their own little tiny mini you know character arcs mm-hmm. that are now singing louder or lower or whatever it is <laughs> (laughs) that they need to be doing Um, they're all wearing their scarves in different places on their body because that's just crazy (laughs) right? but it does all of these things to make sure that it earns your respect as like a film watcher to be like got it this is definitely the best the last performance in teen spirit as you said it, it is set up a little bit that we've seen her dance a little crazy in her room on her own at one point in the film but It's not fully explored. And so when you watch this last scene, it had to work really hard to convince me that that was the best performance of the night by filming everyone, like, rushing the stage, I think is what they did, or or even what they had to do with over the credits to say, like, this was definitely... Definitely the best. Because as a film watcher, I was like, I don't, I don't know. Like, I don't know if she's nailing it or if she's doing a mediocre job. It wasn't, it wasn't super clear just through the performance itself. and it's interesting that they chose her.
0: Because, I mean, I have no concept, really, of her, like, star trajectory. Oh, Fanning? Yeah. Like, I, I mean, I know that she's been in, like, minor stuff. And she's never had really a, like, a single debut like this. But does she sing a lot? I don't think so. Okay.
1: I think that's part of the charm. It's like, oh, Elle Fanning sings.
0: Yeah, but uh, she's supposed to be the best. She, it's like, I'm thinking about this as like uh, a cool British American idol. And like everyone in the competition was sort of like, okay. I don't know.
1: I mean, are British, uh, w- in Britain it's called Pop Idol, right? I mean, are they better?
0: Maybe. <laughs> that's what I understood. <laughs> because I feel like they had to like take everyone a step down to level with Elle. But then maybe that's just me being cynical, probably.
1: I mean, I think any country that has a um, a pop idol is... It, it's always better when there's more people in that mm-hmm. country. So I don't know that the British version is better than, say, the U.S. version. Yeah. Yeah. It's an island. <laughs> that's <laughs> so, like, true. so many people they're drawing that's from. That's very true. That's <laughs> very true. Maybe I'll play
0: us out with some music. Let's do it. Okay. Well, this is... uh, I'm not going to play anything from the soundtrack. (laughs) So I'm just going to play a random song. Um, This is WVC Oberlin 91.5 FM. Oberlin College and Community Radio. This has been At the Apollo, where we talk about uh, movies that are showing at the Apollo. Why can't I scroll down this way? Oh, there we go. Thanks for listening. Go see... Go see Teen Spirit if you want to. That's totally cool with me. Uh, Everybody have a great day. Have a great weekend.